Well, I want to welcome you to Crossroads Church Online. My name is Matt Manning, and I am the senior pastor uh, here at Crossroads. And if you are new with us, I want to say welcome to you. Uh, we are so glad that you are joining us today as we worship through music and through God's Word and through communion. Uh, what a great and special time that we have. If you're a regular here at Crossroads, man, I am so grateful for the technology that we have to be able to still connect like this. Uh, it, is, it is super awesome that, that we live in a time and in a day and an age when we can still do these type of things uh, through the means of technology. Well, today is a pretty big day. Today is Palm Sunday, that this was the day some 2,000 years ago that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey as his final march to the cross. And when we gather together next week for Easter, we celebrate, we come together and we celebrate the victory over death, the assurance of hope that we have in Jesus, ultimately through his death and his resurrection. And even though it pains us not to be able to gather in our buildings and to celebrate uh, together, that should not and cannot dampen the celebration that we should have in every one of our lives, in every one of our hearts of what Jesus has done for us as individuals, what Jesus has done for our families and our friends and our neighbors by going to the cross and dying three days later, raising again, giving us, giving us life. Well, all of that's going to be next week. And so uh, if you're planning on joining us for Easter, one of the things that I would just ask and encourage you to do is invite others to, to be a part of that and give them uh, the link of the website and join with us uh, as a part of our Easter celebration. Well, today we are going to wrap up our series that we've been calling Disrupted. A few weeks ago, we decided to kind of break from what we had been typically doing in church and instead address the issues that have come with COVID-19. The reality is, is that every single one of us, our lives have been totally disrupted during this time. That all of our lives have been turned upside down as COVID has made its impact into this world. This week, if, if you're anything like my family, we started to kind of settle into this new normal, this new reality uh, that we're facing. With me largely working from home, a part of Zoom meetings and Zoom calls and Zoom get-togethers, I feel like I'm in a Dr. Seuss novel sometimes. And my kids, they, they woke up to the reality that they're going to have to do school this year. And that schooling is going to look like homeschooling. And they've never been homeschooled. This is the first time they've ever done that before. And so my wife is their teacher, and she's doing a great job. We've had to have a couple of teacher-parent conferences this week. But we're all good. We're, we're working it out. That every single one of us is trying to figure out what does it look like to be pent up in our homes as we try to meet virtually with friends and family and still stay connected. I mean, last week, my life group got together, and typically we'd get together every Sunday. And so we did last Sunday at four o'clock in the afternoon. We called it happy hour. And we got together and we did some of the things that we normally do. We prayed, we looked through scripture, we, we, uh, we had some fun together. In fact, at the very end of our life group, we did something called Jack TV. If you haven't found out about Jack TV yet, it is, it is awesome. It is a bunch of fun. And so after we prayed and read the, through the scriptures together, we, we spent a couple of hours just playing Jack TV with one another and we laughed and we had such a good time. And when it was all over, I realized that it still wasn't like us typically getting together. See, our, our typical Sunday begins usually for our life group begins usually around six o'clock in the evening. And we have a big old family dinner where we get together and we hug and we laugh and we cry and we pray and we read through the scriptures. And, and if I was being honest, I, I miss that. I miss that. This new normal that we're, that we're living in is so different. And every single one of us, every single one of us, our lives have been totally disrupted. 
And the worst part of it all is, is that we don't even know really when it's going to end. I mean, just two weeks ago, we were all living with the, with the hope that we would be able to return to, to life as normal come Easter. And then we woke up this Monday <laughs> to the news and realized that this is where we're living, at least for the foreseeable future. That this is going to be our normal, at least through April 30th. And if we were honest, for most of us, the uncertainty is becoming quite suffocating. And it's in the midst of this uncertainty that there are questions, aren't there? All kinds of questions that we're asking. Questions like, where is God in this? What do I do with my emotions? What, what do I do with my fear? Where do I find peace in the midst of, of all of this uncertainty? Questions that we've looked at the last couple of weeks. And as the uncertainty begins to, to be more normal in our lives, particularly as we look to the future, that uncertainty's weight begins to, to feel heavy on us, doesn't it? As we, as we think about the future of our jobs and even the future of our health. And because of, of what has come this week with the news, probably most all of us, at, at least at one point during this week, have stopped and pondered the question, how, how am I going to make it through this? How am I, how am I not going to become discouraged? How am I, how am I not going to lose hearts in the midst of what I'm facing right now. And it's those questions in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of disruption that makes this book more relevant than it's ever been in our entire lives. See, every story that's written in the scriptures, every story that's written in the Bible was written during times of uncertainty, written during times of, of great disruption. That if you're a believer, your favorite Bible story was written in the midst of uncertainty, it was written in the midst of disruption. And while we're asking these questions, all of us, Christians and non-Christians are like, we're asking these questions. None of these questions are new. None of these questions are new. That for centuries, for centuries, people in the midst of uncertainty, people in the midst of suffering, people in the midst of trials, people in the midst of disruption have asked these very questions. And when it comes to our question today, how am I going to make it through this? How am I going to make it through this without becoming discouraged? How am I not going to lose heart? This book has the answer. This book has the answer. See, God's word in these times are not only true and wise, but they are also precious and sweet. And the sweetness is not lost in this moment of disruption. In the Bible, there's this pretty famous guy in the New Testament. His name is, well, his name is Paul. How many of you thought I was going to say Jesus? Go ahead at home. If you thought I was going to say Jesus, go ahead and, and raise your hand. Yeah, I see all those hands. Yeah, well, Jesus is great, and he comes. Really, he has this miraculous encounter with this guy named Paul. Now, before Jesus has this encounter with Paul, Paul had dedicated his entire life, entire life to persecuting the Christians, to persecuting those who had faith in Jesus. In fact, his very goal in all of life was to discourage the Christians to the point where they would no longer practice their faith. That's what his whole life was built upon. Then one day he's going down this road and Jesus meets him in the most miraculous way and turns his, to his life totally upside down. And in the midst of, of Paul realizing who it is that, that Jesus is and what Jesus is calling to, Jesus looks at him and says, Paul, I got a job for you. I want you to take my, my message of hope. And I want you to take that message of hope, this thing that we call the gospel, and I want you to take it into the entire world. That I want you to be a carrier of hope and to bring that message into the world. Paul doesn't hesitate. He says, I'm in. I'm in. 
Now, the New Testament is made up of 27 books. And those 27 books really paint a picture for, for how Jesus' message, this, this, this message of hope, makes its way throughout the entire world. And, and 13 of those 27 books are written by this guy that we call the Apostle Paul. And in one of those books, 2 Corinthians, Paul claims to have found the secret to something that every single one of us longs for. That he claims to have found the secret of not losing heart. He claims to have found the secret of, of how not to be discouraged, even in the midst of tough circumstances. See, I doubt that any of us woke up three weeks ago and said, Father God, my, man, my prayer, my desire, my heart is that you would send something so disruptive into this world that I would lose heart to lose a job, to, to lose my health, to, to have the wind of hope knocked out of me, to lo lose all motivation for, for living. None of us, none of us three weeks ago were praying that prayer. And yet here we are, struggling with that very reality. And so if Paul is telling the truth here, then this is big. If Paul really has found the secret of, of not losing heart, of not becoming discouraged, no matter what the circumstances are, then, then this is a big deal. See, I believe that these words of Paul, especially, especially in the coming weeks, will be words that every single one of us holds on to during times of uncertainty in the midst of our disruption in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and grab them. You can go ahead and grab them and turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 4. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we would love for you to get a Bible. And probably the easiest way that you can get a Bible right now is to simply download the YouVersion app. It's a free Bible app that you can find online. In fact, in our chat rooms, we're going to put a link that you can get there directly uh, from our chat. That is a great, great Bible that you can have for your very own, and you can begin reading it even today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16, Paul writes these words to us. He says, so we do not lose hearts, though our outer self is wasting away. Okay, so as Paul begins to reveal what he knows about not losing heart, he begins with the painful reality that every single one of us is aware of. That our outer self, that is our bodies, are wasting away. Now, just in case you doubt that, what I want you to do right now is I want you to go onto Facebook or Instagram, and I want you to pull up one of your Throwback Thursday pictures, all right? And I want you, as you're looking at that picture, to try to convince yourself that you are not wasting away. I mean, come on, guys. Isn't this true? When I was a teenager, even in my early 20s, I'd have baseball practice in the afternoon. I'd go play a hockey game that night. The next morning, I'd wake up like nothing had even happened. Now, I'm 39 years old, and I go on a run, and for the next week, my knees hurt. Like, we are wasting away. And the crazy thing is, is that the word that Paul uses here for wasting away in the Greek, in almost every other circumstance when it comes to the Bible, is actually, actually is translated destroy. That Paul says your bodies are being destroyed. That they're being destroyed by, by natural things like, like just succumbing to old age and our muscles and our bones just deteriorating because we're growing older. But our bodies are also being destroyed because of, because of things that, are, that would be unnatural. The harm done by others. Events like hurricanes and tornadoes or disease and, and even viruses. See, because of COVID-19, more than ever, we are, we are aware of our own mortality. 
We are more aware than, than maybe we have ever been in our entire lives that our outer self is wasting away. And that's pretty discouraging. And yet Paul writes this to us. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed. That is, being refreshed day by day. To which we go, what? Like, like Paul, how does that work? How is it that, that our bodies are both wasting away and being renewed at the same time? What does that look like? And as Paul says, this is what it looks like, he reveals to us the secret of not losing heart. Verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen, those things, those things are eternal. Okay, so Paul sees this entire life, this, this wasting away as a light momentary affliction. To which we go, Paul, what else do you have? What else do you got, man? Like, because there is nothing light about the situation that we're going for. There is nothing light about what's going on in our world today. There is nothing light about losing your job and wondering how you're going to support yourself or your family. There is nothing light about watching a loved one succumb to to COVID-19 and watch them struggle for their very life. There is nothing light about any of this, Paul. What else do you have? And we're tempted to to look at Paul and go, (laughs) man, if you knew my story, If you knew what was going on today in 2020, you wouldn't call this a light momentary affliction. No, 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 no. You you would have other words for it. Light? No, man, it's not light. And yet, this is what makes the Bible so relevant to our lives. That Paul is not on some beach in, in Bora Bora. No, this guy, he knows suffering. He knows trials. He knows disruptions in his life. I mean, Paul was, was flogged for his faith. That is 39 lashings. He was, he was flogged for his faith, not one time, but eight times. There were times in his life where he was so sick, get this, so sick that he wondered if this wouldn't be his last night on the earth. That he would go days without eating and drinking and wondering if, if, if starvation was ultimately what was going to take him out. That he was in prison more times than he could count. That Paul knew suffering. In fact, when when Jesus comes to Paul in that miraculous moment on the road and says, Paul, I I have a job for you. I want you to to be a carrier of hope. I want you to take my message worldwide. And when Paul said, I'm in, the very next words that Jesus said to Paul were these. Paul, you will now know what it means to suffer for my name. No way did Paul have any inclination of how true those words would ultimately be in his life. And yet now he's an old man, having experienced all of that. And he's looking back on his life, the floggings, the starvation, the wondering if he was going to die, the imprisonments. And as he looks back on his life, he goes, it's all a light, momentary affliction. See, I think... If Paul was sitting in this seat rather than me speaking to you this day, I think, I think he'd say something like this, that you're right. Those things that you mentioned, those trials, that suffering, that pain, that uncertainty, this disruption, you're right, those are, 
Those are lifelong burdens. Lifelong burdens. When you look at it humanly speaking. See, Paul's doing something here in verse 17. He, he's making a comparison. He wants us to see something bigger. He wants us to see something grander that's going on here. And he starts making comparisons. He's comparing the word, the word light to, to, to heavy, to the word weight, light to weight. He, he's comparing the word uh, momentary to eternal. He's comparing the, the word afflictions to the word glory. That what Paul is, is doing in this moment, he, he says, yes, what you're experiencing in your life right now, this wasting away, that even though it's 70, 80 years, is just momentary compared to, to eternity. That our lives are just a breath in the scope of eternity. It's light compared to the weight of what is to come. That the afflictions that you're facing now in your life are nothing compared to the glory that you will receive next. And so Paul says, Here's the secret. Don't focus on the things that are seen, verse 18. Because the reality is this, is that when we focus on the things that are seen, then everything feels heavy. There's no lightness in it. It, it all feels heavy. And none of it seems momentary. All of it seems like, like lifelong. All of it seems even greater than it. It seems, it seems eternal. See, the truth of the matter is, is that if we focus only on the things that we can see in this world, then we will get stuck. You will lose heart. You will become discouraged and you won't know renewal in your life. But Paul says instead, we are to look to the things that are unseen. Those are, those are the promises of God that we have in Jesus Christ. It's, it's to focus on Jesus and the reality of who he is and what he's done in our lives. It's, it's to focus on the glory that is to come to us through Jesus. See, if you think that, that the only thing worth seeing is, is what this world has to offer, then Paul says that you're going to get discouraged. You're going you're gonna to lose heart, and you're going to miss out on the grandeur and the splendor of what God has for you now. See, he says this world, these afflictions, they're preparing you, verse 17. In other words, this affliction is bringing about glory, which means that this affliction, no matter what affliction you're battling in your life right now, Maybe it's the loss of the job. Maybe it's you're fighting for your health. Maybe you've lost your eyesight. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're struggling in a relationship with someone now that you're, you're quarantined with. Maybe you're succumbing to old age. Maybe it's even dying. That your affliction does not only have effects in this life now, that is growing your dependency upon God day by day, but it also is adding to the weight of glory that you will experience through eternity and that glory is beyond our imagination. Listen, come on. The secret to not losing heart, the secret to experiencing renewal day by day, even though our bodies are wasting away, the secret is to realize that every moment of your affliction is meaningful. That it has meaning. It's doing something, causing something, bringing about something glorious in your life. Your suffering, your disruption, your pain, your trials, it's not wasted. It's not wasted. And you might not be able to see this. And the world certainly cannot see this. And they think, and you'll be tempted to think, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, you'll be tempted to think that this suffering is meaningless. It's not doing anything good. That, that I can't 
that I can't see anything good coming from this. And in that moment, Paul goes, whoa, 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 whoa. The reason that you think that is because you're focusing on the things of this world. You're focusing on the things that are seen. Look to the things that are unseen. Remind yourself of the promises of God that nothing in your pain is meaningless. It's all preparing you for something, a weight of glory, a special glory for you, for you. And if you're a believer here today, that's our hope, isn't it? That's our hope, that that this world isn't everything that's offered to us. That there's something more, there's something bigger, there's something more grand that Jesus promises us throughout the New Testament. That there's something, something much more than this that, that we're looking forward to that makes all of this seem like just a light, momentary affliction. And I'm telling you, when that makes it from, from your mind to the depths of your souls, then the practical applications are endless. Because listen, we don't just simply give up when we become discouraged. But rather, rather we fight through the affliction, knowing that, that in our fight, that, that we are building towards glory, and that in that fight, we become what Paul became, which is, which is a carrier of hope. A carrier of hope. See, discouraged people, they don't have hope. Renewed people, they have hope. And not only do they have hope, but they give hope. In my sermon two weeks ago, I shared a picture that my wife took at Walmart. It was a picture of the Bible and devotional section at Walmart, completely wiped out, completely gone. Seemingly, everybody's looking for God. My wife, she took that picture, and she got on the Nextdoor app, and she, and she shared that picture, and she explained how, how everybody seemingly is looking for God in this moment. And, and if anyone was out there who, who wanted to know where to find him, that she was willing to talk, just contact her. Three people reached out and contacted her. In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of great disruption in our lives, right there, a carrier of hope. Last Sunday, Pastor Kim, our, our former senior pastor here, got toilet paper, you know those things made of gold? And he, and he tied balloons to them, and he put a little note, and it said, from neighbor to neighbor, a, a little smile for your Sunday, this too shall pass. <laughs> he included a Bible verse, and he put it on all of the porches of his neighbors. In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of great disruption, a, a carrier of hope. Listen, over the last three weeks, we've had dozens upon dozens of people who have given a part every day just a part of them, to, to pick up the phone and to call a senior in our community, just to, just to give them hope, just to talk to them. Hundreds upon hundreds of seniors have been contacted by people who care. An entire army carrying hope in the midst of uncertainty and in the midst of great disruption in our lives. This last week, a woman in our church reached out to me and she, she explained to me how, how the anxiety had at times been, been overwhelming for her and how she had taken that anxiety, the energy of that anxiety, and not been scared by it, but rather put it into volunteering and how she started volunteering for masks now, helping make net masks for people in this world who, who need them. A carrier of hope in the midst of uncertainty and in the midst of disruption. Story after story of people not losing heart, but rather being renewed, knowing 
that they do not focus on the things that are seen, but rather on the things that are unseen, the promises of God. And in those moments when we do that, we can look at all of this and go, no, 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 no. At this moment, this is just a light momentary affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that awaits me. With renewal comes hope. That's the secret that Paul is giving to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now I know for some of you, you've maybe never experienced that hope. And you're so focused on this world that you can't, that you can't imagine anything more than that. And what I want to let you know is that there's a God who loves you. A God who loves you more than you know. And he loves you so much that that he sent his son into this world to become just like you. And his son lived this perfect and and complete life. Ultimately, he went to the cross to die for, for not his sin, but for your sin and for my sin. That on the cross, that, that our sin is, is taken, taken care of, that our sin is forgiven, and we're set free. And the Bible tells us that, that in fact, Apostle Paul tells us that whoever believes that truth in his heart and confesses that with his mouth, that they're saved, that they become children of God, that they can have the hope that Paul talks about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you've never done that before, my encouragement to you right now is there's a button that says need prayer. I would, I would encourage you just to click that button that we have people ready, waiting for you to explain to you how, how you can find hope on this day, how you can be a child of God. Just right now, just take that step, click that button, and somebody will meet you in that place. Let me pray. Father, Lord, I'm grateful for your words. Lord, like I said, not only are they wise and are they true, but Lord, they are also precious and sweet. And Lord, I pray that, that through our time in your word, Lord, that your sweetness has just washed over us. Lord, that as we look at the things that go around this world, Lord, it is, it's hard. Lord, at times it can be so discouraging. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help remind us day by day, Lord, of, of what eternity waits for us and the glory that we step into. God, you, you said, you sent your son and Jesus said, Lord, that that when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. And I, th- I think that in part, this is what he was talking about. That we wouldn't succumb to the anxiety, that we wouldn't be crushed under the weight of the things and the circumstances that happen in this world, but Lord, that we would be set free knowing, knowing that this world isn't everything, that eternity waits for us. And so, Lord, for those of us who are believers, God, I pray that you would help us grab a hold of that, Lord, and that we would be carriers of hope in these troubled times. And Lord, for those who have not yet known you, God, I pray that you would whisper to their hearts today and that they would take that step and they would reach out. And Lord, they they would make that decision for you on this day. God, you are so good to us. You are our hope. And Lord, we know that you love us so very much and we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, it has been...